So we have a special guest in the Bookalicious Studios, aka Chrissy's apartment. It's Jordan. Nobody knows who that is. You have to introduce him. Our brother. Yes. He came in from South Florida to Texas. Yes. Just to record. Yep. Yep. Bookalicious is comping his hotel and airfare. Psych. We've made it big. (laughs) I was going to say, we're not comping anything. (laughs) Bookalicious has been, I mean, we've been making some big, big milestones. We have eight followers. So that our family is only six. So that's at least two. And someone from the UK. That's pretty nice. big. Yeah. Stuff. We don't know who it is. It is exciting. That might be the first person we don't know who has listened. So <laughs> I hope I hope you listen more than just one minute because that's all it takes to be counted as a listener. We appreciate it regardless. Yes. So if you're that person from the UK, just know you're being very appreciated. <laughs> yeah. More appreciated than yeah. our other listeners. <laughs> but jordan has become a super fan now because he went from not listening to any of our episodes to being on an episode which is pretty big it's actually kind of you know because bringing in a special guest that has no idea what's going on yeah so it's gonna be exciting for all of us you can only do that kind of stuff early on in your career You know, once you get big enough, everyone's going to know everything. That's true. You'll never find someone who doesn't know anything about what's going on. Jordan thought this one ahead of time. Mm-hmm. That, that's good. So we're going to see how this goes. My concern is that our last episode that we've yet to release is uh, we recorded was three hours long. And I'm terrified that if we introduce anyone else with more commentary, we will never finish the book. <laughs> We found out today that our current set of podcasts, which again is maybe like three quarters away through the book, is already significantly longer than the audio book. Yes. <laughs> which I think says something. Yes. I think ship has sailed for us having reasonably timed podcasts. Yeah. I, I think we do need to let go. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe we should double down and go even slower. I think that's the only option. If well, someone's many, gotten, go for it. How many chapters are scheduled for tonight? Well, historically, Jordan, the last, okay. Since episode two, we've been saying, this is going to go faster. The book's going to pick up. But that was 40 chapters ago. And each time we're like, I think we could probably get through five chapters today. Let me get through three. And last time when it really did pick up, we said, we're going to get through 10 chapters and we got through three. (laughs) So so we've read 10 chapters. Let's all take bets. I think actually we'll make it through six. Six chapters. Maybe even more, but I'll, I'll double down with six. I think we'll get through four because this first chapter we're going to talk about is kind of long. The next two chapters are only a page long. So I think that'll help us. And then the fourth one, we'll just throw in. 
<laughs> I'm just going to say for consistency's sake, I'm going to go for three. Uh, you know? That's probably right. That's, I, I don't know how the other three chapters broke out, but if there's a couple with only one page, that means there's probably a few others that were only one page that you also had. Mm-hmm. And you still get three. So I'm going to go with three. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Whoever's the winner gets, they're the owner, the sole owner of Bookalicious. So Jordan, you might become EVP. We don't know. <laughs> You'll get all this, all the shares in our stocks. Hey, this is being recorded. You never know. I know. I know. I'm of sound mind making this bet. So I had thought something Chrissy and I do with the books that we read is we do judging a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. which is just like it sounds. So you look at the cover and you tell us what you think it's about, if it's a book you would read, any thoughts that you have on the book cover. Okay, I am revealing the book cover to Jordan for the first time. Here it is. Elantris. Well, that's spelled differently than what I had imagined it being spelled like. Mm-hmm. What did you think it was spelled like? I thought you said Ad- Atlantris. Like, oh. Like the lost city of Atlantis but it's with an E, Elantris. Mm-hmm. All right, so judging the book by its cover, I see it looks like it's placed in a futuristic age, but also medieval times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a combination. So yeah. I'm going to say this is a book about a princess who is trying to find her prince in a futuristic world. Oh. Interesting. Well, you got it. (laughs) 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 We're done. (laughs) Who knew we could have convinced me? Is that is that the answer? Just about. Just about. (laughs) That is a good that you know, we were gonna try to summarize this book in like 30 seconds. That's a pretty big part of it. (laughs) is princess looking for her prince yeah so chrissy give us we're mid-season sadly we're mid-season trailer right now so why don't you go ahead and recap for people that have been listening for so long they forgot what we've talked we've spoken about (laughs) (laughs) okay so um elantris okay so this is the book elantris um it's told from We have three main players here. We have um, Rayodin, who's a prince, and he wakes up one day and he realizes he's come on with this disease that has made him an Elantrian. And Elantris used to be this super happening city. Basically, they're magic. So, you know, they were just kind of in charge of all the things. Um, but then he realized he wakes up and he has a disease and that makes him an Elantrian. But instead of Elantris being their magical city, it is now cursed. So now he's cursed. And so now mm-hmm. he's kicked out of the castle and he's like, has been exiled to Elantris, basically. Yep. Um, and then we have Serene, who is the princess who you saw on the cover. And Serene is betrothed to Rayodin. And unfortunately, the day Serene is coming to see her prince for the first time, he is diseased and gets exiled. So she actually never sees him. Mm-hmm. So that's She thinks he's dead. She thinks he's dead. That's true. Oh, yeah. So the cover up because the um, Rayodin's parents don't want like this dishonor to come on them that he's cursed. They say, oh, he died. And everyone's like, oh, OK. And everyone just comes mm. and kind of accepts it. So Serene comes um, and Serene's real spunky. And she's like, well, oh, she's also legally still married to Rayodin. So she has to stay in his city. 
And she's like, well, you know what? This place isn't being run very well. So I'm going to take over. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of, but she's actually like really good at what she does. And so it works out well. And then we have Harathan is our third guy and he's a priest and he's been sent from his god, Jadith, to come convert the whole town. The town's called Aralon. Um, and he has to convert them before tax day because that's the day Jadith is going to come back. And if they're not converted, they're all going to be destroyed. Tax yeah. Yep. It's it just was, a coincidence. A lot of things are happening on tax day. It's true. Mm. What else is happening on tax day? Well, so the how the new kingdom is that the princess went to is people get their nobility ranking based on how much money they have. And so they do this big audit once a year and they see how you stack up. And if you're too poor, you get kicked out and then they'll give your all of your titles and lands to somebody else. So the king of the little town that's trying to be taking over, he's actually not been doing a good job with his monies. So he's going to lose his spot on tax day. Mm-hmm. So is tax day, is that an annual event that happens? Mm-hmm. Yes. They like recalculate everyone's wealth. But also Candy just said the king is going to lose his spot. In recent chapters, the king actually died. So he's he's gone. He's gone now, um, so, but the summary is taking too long. So we need to go because that was just Serene. So now we need to talk about what that was everybody. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I guess we're done. That's it. Are you you're well, caught up? Okay. Yeah, Jordan, you're allowed two questions. Well, two questions. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this priest. What happens if he doesn't convert oh, the people? An excellent question. Do you want to take that one, Candy? Yes. He tried to convert another town down the street and he did a bad job. So everybody died. And so he feels really bad about it. He's like, I get another chance to take over this town. So I'm going to try to do a good job. So <laughs> that's really his motivation. He just doesn't want to mess up his job. And follow up question. Who's doing the killing to, of these people that don't convert? Does it's it- like the church comes in with their army. Mm, okay and they've converted everyone except for this town and the princess's hometown those are the only two standing that have not been taken over gotcha so the church comes in they set a deadline to the people and they say hey you got to convert by this time or you're all dead no they don't tell you about the deadline but they do have the deadline <laughs> they don't want to be forceful about it is, yeah they they want you to willingly comply gotcha okay it, do they kill the entire town if not everyone converts or do they just kill the ones that don't convert we don't really know exactly what they do but we know that it's not great lots and we know de- that yeah there's lots of death maybe they save some people but it's they don't go into too much detail um, on the end outcome, except that a lot of people did die. And the okay. priest feels bad that he messed up his job. Okay, so, so that was I your first question, which you parlayed into seven. So now you get one other question. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I get my two questions. That's, okay. that's what I was really curious about. Good questions. Okay. questions. Those are good questions. Okay, so Chrissy, do you want to jump right in and do the high-level summary? Sure, sure. Okay, so we just gave Jordan the summary. That's pretty much the same as what we gave on chapter like three when we were summarizing everything. So a lot has happened since then. So yeah, <laughs> um, in this chapter, it's chapter 41 and it's called, it's 
the name is loyalty. And this is from Serene's perspective. Um, and so Jordan Serene was going to marry this guy, Royal, so that they would take over the town now that the king is dead. Um, but then she became an Elantrian right on her wedding day. So she had really bad luck with all of her betrothals. Mm. Yeah. So anyways, so this chapter, she's in Elantris. And now she's seeing Elantris in a new way because now she is in it. Um, and she's also seeing Rayodin in a new way. But she doesn't know it's Rayodin. But Rayodin knows that she is Serene, his wife. So that comes up. Um, and she's at first really sad because you won't see her old life again. Um, but then her little buddy, Ash, who's a floating light orb that can FaceTime, uh, she, he finds um, Serene. And so now she feels better because now she can see her family and life outside. Yep. Mm. And the only other part that um, Jordan will be interested in is that before Serene got kicked in, before she became an Elantrian and got kicked into the desolate place, she had been doing like some charity work there. And she had been working with the prince, Rayodin, not knowing it was him. But she was like, I don't trust him. I think he's a warlord. And so she was kind of trying to undermine him. And that comes up in this chapter as well. I'm going to take back what I said before. And I do have a, a second question. Oh, so okay. Being, being an Elantrian, so that happens from a disease? It's, it's kind of like a disease. Yes, it seems to, so back when being a Lantrian was a good thing, it was kind of like a lottery. And one day you would just wake up and you're like, you have magical powers. You get to go live in the palace and you get to have just like full prosperity. And you're like, hooray. What then something, all sorts of magical powers. You could like make things out of nothing. You can pretty much do anything. So basically you wake up one day and you're, you're a wizard. Basically. Yes. Kind of mm -hmm. like that. Like Hogwarts. Yep. It comes to you. Yes. Right. But now they're burning the witches at the stake. And exactly. that's a curse. Got so it. something happened. And then all of the the magical people, they turned into like these zombie type, type things. Ooh. And then the lottery was still happening. But now instead of you getting magical powers, you turn into like the zombie, basically. And so any damages or injuries that you get they never heal and you just kind of walk around until you get so many injuries you lose your mind oh that's yeah. not terrible yeah it's a bummer now it is a bummer so mm -hmm. tough i take back my bet i think we're only going to three chapters today <laughs> <laughs> and the night is still done <laughs> that's true we have lots of time okay so, so nope go for it Oh, I was going to say, so now what typically happens is after our summary, we pick out lines that stuck out to us through the chapter. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. I had a line on the first page. What, did you have a line early on? Uh, no, I only had a few for this chapter. It felt like a lot of plot for me. So yeah, I know. That's how we're going to go faster. Okay, okay. So um, when Serene first comes in, she sees all the people and they're in these like super outrageous outfits and they're all in these neon colors and she's like oh my gosh that's the fabric I gave them because when they're asking like hey Shireen could you give us some fabric so we can clothe ourselves and be decent she was like sure but she thought they're all evil and so she gave them like little scraps of like terrible fabric so they'd be mm -hmm. unstylish anyways she sees all this and she says that what she had seen as offensive the people wore with joy the bright yellows greens and reds highlighting their cheerfulness 
And I just thought that was a good line because everything kind of comes back around to us. And also I thought it's interesting because Elantris has a lot of, or throughout the book, there's a lot of inversions where Elantris used to be like the really high magical place, but now it's cursed. And so that's been like a reversal of roles. Um, and people think that the Elantrians are evil, but they're actually really good. And so I thought this was interesting because what she had meant for evil was turned around for good in Elantris. Yeah, that is interesting. And now that you say that, the thing that comes to my mind is when Serene first went to the town, she was supposed to wear black because she was in mourning and she couldn't even do that for four days because she's like, gross. And then she comes into Elantris and now she gets to wear all of these colors and she's like, it's also gross, but she likes it better, I guess. (laughs) like that's like a fun antithesis there yeah I like that nice there's another line when okay so she walks into Elantris and then Ray Odin's there and he's like hey welcome and he goes welcome to Elantris Serene everything you assumed is no longer valid and that line just made wait where was that it was on the first like the very first page for me when she first walks in Oh, yeah. Yeah. It also reminded me of like when people say, welcome to the real world where everything you learned in college doesn't matter. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so she's in like this, the new Elantris, they call it, and they cleaned it up and they made it look nice. And she's seeing everyone look so happy. And then she feels really guilty that she like when she was supposed to be helping them out she was trying to undermine them right yeah I also think it's interesting because all of her assumptions about Elantris like when you're in Elantris all of your assumptions are I don't know it changes in your like in the reality of the situation Mm-hmm. Which I think is a lot of things. Like you have a lot of assumptions about how what people are like, but if you're actually in their situation, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though Serene has failed at yet another marriage, she's been engaged now three times, got married to none. She still holds out hope because Rayod and the Prince, he's called Spirit in Elantris. It's his incognito name. It says Spirit laughed, holding out his hand, leading her deeper into the city unconsciously she found herself judging his height he's tall enough for me she thought almost offhandedly if only barely and then she realized what she was doing and rolled her eyes and i thought that was funny that even even as a zombie bride she's still holding out hope (laughs) that she might find someone (laughs) poor serene (laughs) she's had a tough go okay what did you think about serene in this chapter what do you mean? I don't know. Did she seem different to you? She's definitely a lot less annoying now that she's an Elantris. I feel like she's the type of person that was putting on a lot of show for like the people. And mm. she wanted to present a certain way. And now that she's wearing these horrible, ugly clothes like everybody else, and she is a zombie. She- person she's kind of able to get rid of that layer of her that makes her so off-putting and she seemed a lot more normal to me in this chapter 
much more so likable. Chapter. So we've progressively been disliking Serene more and more as the book has progressed, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And she's had a lot of really annoying parts. But in this chapter, she was so great. I was like, wow, Serene. I like her. Mm-hmm. Till the end. Till the end. Oh, wait, no. That comes up in the next chapter. But anyways, for this spoiler one, she's still alert. nice. I know, I know. The whole what book's you- a spoiler. Or less likable, Jordan. Um... She turns more into a zombie. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. It could be possible. So Serene and Spirit slash Rayodin, they're just like talking about stuff and Serene's realizing how she misjudged everybody and she's starting to feel really bad about it. And she had called Spirit a tyrant before and that's why she was being so difficult and she's like i'm sorry you weren't a tyrant but then spirit's like you know what i was a tyrant i was withholding food from people i was doing everything that you said i did have my reasons for it and then serene shook her head her voice growing firm you are not a tyrant this community proves that the people love you and there cannot be tyranny where there is love do you think and this can be for both of you do you think you can have tyranny if the people love you um you're never going to have universal anything Mm -hmm. there's going to be a group of people that may love you and a group of people that feel oppressed under your tyranny so for example's sake let's just say the community is small enough such that everybody is very homogeneous and they all agree they're like we love this guy we love him telling us what to do (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i guess so tyranny typically has a negative connotation to it implying that people don't enjoy it or don't want it but if you're defining tyranny in a way that is this whatever this person says goes and that's the way it is Mm -hmm. um sure you could have everyone agree with that and and love them for it because maybe they're making all the decisions and they're all the right decisions you know mm-hmm. um but the word tyranny doesn't generally have a positive connotation to it yeah i think that's fair yeah i think i think that's possible i think also though with this line i feel like she's talking specifically about the leader so i don't know if it's so much that all the people have love but it's if the leader has love for the people, then he can't be a tyrant. Like those two things aren't possible in the same person. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. That's how, that's what I was thinking. I could see that. Yeah. Do you think it's weird that she switched positions so quickly? Like she walked in, she's like, oh, you're a nice guy. I think she wanted to believe that he was a nice guy the whole time. And so the second she had an opportunity to, what do you call it, dispel that belief that she had, I think she was really excited that she could, you know, like him. Because I think she's kind of been like, oh, he's really interesting and he's kind of tall and maybe he could have been handsome when he wasn't a zombie. And now she's like, oh, now I'm a zombie too and you're still tall. So maybe so. (laughs) (laughs) married to a tyrant yeah yeah she also has this line where is a little before this 
but like she's noticing all the people interacting with Rayodin, and she says that there was true acceptance in their voices, displaying a level of loving respect Serene had rarely seen given to a leader, um, even to her father. And she says, like, of course, it's a smaller population, but like she's still impressed. And I thought that was interesting because we've been talking a lot about like what is Rayodin's purpose. And even though to be a really good leader, that doesn't seem to be what his purpose is. But it is interesting that he's done such a good job with like unifying the people. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe his job's not to be a leader, but is to be, um, what was I going to say? An inspirer. That's not the right word, but you know. Yeah. But that still wouldn't go with your theme because he's still struggling. Right. So if he was really doing what he was supposed to, his true purpose, quote unquote, then he wouldn't be hurting so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Our theory, Jordan, is that in Elantris, if you're doing your purpose and the thing that you're supposed to be doing, then it takes the pain away because your mind is focused on the good things. Mm. But Ryodin has had a lot of pain and he's been leading all the people. So we're thinking that's not his purpose. Any questions from from you jordan um any thoughts that's okay if not too i'm just trying to absorb it all in right now yeah there's a lot I know. that's what happens when you jump in on page 458 hey i judge the book by its cover pretty darn well so that is true I got that going. Jordan came prepared for that part. <laughs> He's like, I read nothing of it. Nothing <laughs> else. I'm a good guesser. <laughs> so there's kind all right. We'll play a game. Cheesy Ooh. or not. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Spirit is talking to Serene about the time when she was visiting and um what did she say? She was like, oh, she's like, I shouldn't have come and done all this. I made everything worse, blah, 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 blah. And he said, well, I suppose the time during your trial wasn't a complete loss. I gained something very important during those weeks. The supplies? Serene asked. That too. Serene paused, holding his eyes. Then she looked back at the sculptor. So cheesy or cute? A little cheesy, but I really like Rayodin, so I liked it. Cheesy or cute, Jordan? I don't think I understand the context of what was being said. <laughs> oh, no. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> she, oh, let's see, what would the context be? Basically, she was coming to help him, and Rayodin knows that that's his wife. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you came. And she's like, aren't you glad I brought the supplies? He's like, I was glad because of something else. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And he was like, because I got to see you and hold your hand for that one second. And then they like, look away. All right. Well, I thought it was cute. And most of the time I find those things cheesy. So yeah, you need to listen to our, well, we haven't released them, but the Fall in Our Stars series, Jordan. Candy has a lot of comments for <laughs> young adult romance. Mm. Yes. Cancelable mm. comments. So we'll probably never release, but that's fine. <laughs> Maybe Jordan can be our um, proofer or whatever. I don't think, I don't think Jordan's the right barometer for that. <laughs> Probably not. 
He'll probably send me to get canceled. He'll tell me to add more. <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right. What, what's next on our game? That was it. Oh, what? That's the only thing? That's all I had. Oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it going. Cheesy or cute as we go. Okay. Because now we're yeah. hitting more of the love story. So I'm sure we'll find more. Yeah. I think that's true. Okay. Um, unhealthy emotional regulation or just being serene? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> serene. So after she had this lovely day with Ryoden and she's like, it's so fun here. I love it. Um, she's like going to sleep and she's like, oh, actually, I'm really sad. I don't have any of my family and I'm going to be here forever. And I wasn't able to say goodbye to anybody. And now they're burning all my belongings. And so anyways, she's thinking to herself, um, where homesickness had never hit her before, now it attacked with a lifetime's worth of repression. Oh my God, that is unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Serene, Serene hasn't been good with sharing her emotions or, yeah. She sounds like a drama queen. She's a drama princess. <laughs> um, she don't that. not yet Atlantis. <laughs> she'll <laughs> she'll be queen of the dead yeah <laughs> the queen zombie yeah she she definitely brings some spice to things it's kind of interesting because it kind of seems like a piece of serene is falling away perhaps you could say it's dying in a way this like old self of serene where she has to be so guarded and she like has to hold everything so close to her chest it kind of seems like she's becoming free in elantris now that she doesn't feel like she has to do all this stuff and mm -hmm. i think that's why we're starting to like her more and she's not so insufferable yeah well it's interesting because elantris seems to kind of bring out the best in everybody because i mean like rayodin we don't really know him outside of elantris but he seems pretty great um, but we know that Harathan comes to the wall of Elantris, like, as his thinking spot. He's like, I just feel more at peace here. Mm -hmm. um, and Probably because everyone's too scared to do something bad and then have, get punished for it and not be able to heal. Oh. You know? Like, if you stole from someone and someone punched you in the face because of it, you gotta live with that for the rest of your miserable life. That's true. It does make the stakes higher. It also makes the stakes higher because if you punch someone in their face, you're probably gonna hurt your hand, too. <laughs> well, yeah. well maybe maybe they grab a a bat and then hit you even that, that you could get a blister i mean there's like a lot of yeah. there's a lot of little injuries that you can get that you're like oh i have to live with that forever but i yeah. think that's certainly part of it is that the stakes are very high in this place to do anything yeah. naughty interesting well the stakes are really high but also the need is really low because elantrians well they're like always hungry but like they don't need food to live. They're just oh. going to stay at their constant state, whether they have food or not. Mm -hmm. um, and like, they don't have a job. I mean, they don't really have any responsibilities necessarily, which is one of Rayodin's points. He's like, guys, this is so cool. We can do whatever we want and we don't have to worry about anything else. Mm -hmm. So on the other hand, it's like, you're as free as possible. Mm. So the next part, this didn't touch on your summary, but um, 
we finally get an outside perspective of what Ray Odin looks like when he's having his little seizure fits. And we see that he's glowing. Light is glowing. And Serene's like, what's happening? And so basically what's happening is that the magic that got, we've basically identified at this point, Jordan, that there used to be magic that went into the town or into the Elantris, but it's basically like stopped up. There's like a clog or there's something wrong with the magic where it's not flowing right anymore. And so that's why everyone's a zombie and that's why it's desolate. Yeah, turn but, that, stick it back on and get the magic flowing. We just well, need so that's what they're, yeah, they're, they're trying to plumb this out. They're trying to plumb it out. And so what's happening is the prince, Ray Odin, he's progressively getting more and more like of these seizure fits. And we as the reader don't know what's happening until now. And we see that he's glowing. And then they find out that he's, the magic is trying to like bust its way through his body. You know, I saw a movie about magical plumbers maybe about a year ago. I call those guys. Mario and Luigi? Yeah, Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Go into a magical land. Unclog some pipes. That could be Elantris. Yeah, could Mm -hmm. be the problem. You know? (laughs) That's how Elantrians were before they lost their magic. They were like Mario and Luigi. Mm-hmm. sorry to derail you there i just i had to get that thought out I think it was a good thought we needed to know it and that's the truth <laughs> <laughs> okay but what were you saying oh magic is coming through him it's stuck we need a plumber mm-hmm. right yeah okay yeah any other um notes with that with that part seeing Rayodin's um fit. Um no, Serene had grown up thinking that the Elantris magics were like a sham. She had been told, like, oh, it's not real, it's not real. And so now that she's seeing spirit, she's kind of like, okay, maybe what I thought I knew before was wrong. And so she wants to learn more about the magic and everything that um Rayodin has learned so far oh right right um also when he says oh the door is just trying to get through me the door is like the magic of Elantris um Serene asks like what what does Jessica have to do with this um and so we learn that the door is associated with Jessica religion is that right mm-hmm. yeah so that's interesting because Galadin is gonna come in and save the day yep mm-hmm that's gonna happen so now serene's fairy ball ash he finds her and he's like oh my god i'm not crazy and she's like i thought you would be insane because typically when the elantrians turn into the zombies their little fairy balls that follow them turn into like a a zombie too of sorts but he's totally fine also, what we know that we haven't told Jordan is that Serene isn't actually an Elantrian as far as we can tell. We don't think she is. Yeah. We think she's been poisoned. So it's all, she just looks like an Elantrian, but she isn't actually one. So that she couldn't get married and become the the queen. So yeah. what makes you think that she's been poisoned? Well, because it just we know happens. It. 
Um, no, actually, <laughs> just my intuition. Well, it just so happens that the priest just poisoned himself to become an Elantrian and then was like, and then it co- goes away after a few days and then he was healed and he said, look, my God healed me, come convert. And then she becomes an Elantrian like the next day and she doesn't have any of the symptoms. Ash isn't insane, mm-hmm. which is her fairy ball. So yeah. I think we can be pretty confident. So she just became an Elantrian, though. She looks like it physically, but she is yeah. an actual. It's been like one day since her wedding where she was in her wedding dress and then they threw her into the Elantris and they said, get out of here. You're dead mm-hmm. to us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so Ash shows up and she's like, oh my God, this is great. Now I can FaceTime my dad. And so then that's what she does. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She FaceTimes her dad. And does she tell him that she's an Elantrian now? Yes. So she basically says, Hey, dad, it's actually not that bad here. Like, I think it's going to be okay. And the king's like, You know what? I'm just going to surrender because this isn't worth it. I need to get you out of that place. The evil church is knocking at our door. They're going to take us over and I need to save the people. So he's basically said, I'm going to surrender the Serene's hometown. And Serene's really upset about that. But she's like, I guess it is the right choice. I think she says that, right? Does she? Oh, So Serene says she won't leave the town, that she's going to stick around there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to go pick you up from Aralon and bring you back home. And she's like, no, this is my home now. And he's like, what? And she's like, there's this funny line where she says, um, like, you know, I need to stay there. These are my people. And he says, you love them that much, Serene? And she says, they have become my people, father. And then he says, it's been less than two months. (laughs) <laughs> which is the same thought we're all having of how has this all happened in <laughs> two months mm-hmm. but anyways so she's so this is interesting because a chapter is called loyalty and here we see serene's loyalty she's serene to Aralon now even though it's only been two months but these are her yeah people. yeah she also says that love is independent of time Basically being like, just because I've been here two months, it doesn't make the love less important. I thought she was going to poison for a day. So she um, was supposed to be married two months ago. So that's when she went to this new town. Mm-hmm. But then that was when Rayodin became an Elantrian. So she just has been there the whole time. Uh, and then yesterday she became an Elantrian and went into Elantris. I see, I see. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. What do you think? Is love independent of time? Um... I think it can feel like that, especially when it's like a romantic love. You can be with someone for like two months or something and it can feel very intense and feel very real. But I think that's more infatuation than like, quote unquote, like true love, like the Romeo and Juliet thing where they see each other and they're like, we love each other. That to me, I don't, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But with Serene, I could see why she feels maybe not love, but responsible for these people because she's 
inserted herself into their politics and she has a lot of people counting on her. So I, I think I would probably feel the same as Serene. I wouldn't want to leave even if it meant that I didn't make it out. Yeah. Interesting. Well, now she thinks she's a Melantrian. I mean, they're kind of immortal, right? Well, I don't know. Kind of. Yeah, I guess basically what happens to Lantrians now that the magic's gone is they just become so hurt that they're kind of crippled and comatose. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really maybe call that immortal. So she probably isn't thinking that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a good, good interpretation. That's all I had for that chapter. Yeah, I think that's it too. Um, there is a detail of Serene being really cold while she's going to bed, which oh. kind of comes up again later. And they're always, I don't know, there seems to be this trail of like, it's getting really bright in the day. Now it's darker and now it's cold. I don't know what it means. Has she taken a pregnancy test? <laughs> she <laughs> hasn't. Not um... fully well, the up and down. Jordan has a conspiracy. <laughs> so Jordan also has a lot of kids so he has experience so he might have <laughs> like I've seen this behavior before <laughs> explains a lot well we don't know that Serene has had any intimate relations with people but who knows who knows We'll throw it in there. We've been surprised before. Yes. Okay. So you want to do a quick chapter summary for 42? Let's do chapter 42. Okay. So this one is also called loyalty. Look, here it is. One page. And um, what is it with authors only having a one page chapter? Like what is so important that you need to write down, but it only takes half a page to write? (laughs) Well, this is a perspective book. So we need to hear what Prathen's thinking. But he's not all that important. So we only get half a page of his thoughts. Uh, Serena has a lot of thoughts. Well, she's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) And she's pregnant. (laughs) See, Jordan would send me to get canceled right away. (laughs) (laughs) He'd he'd send me there and call TMZ. I don't know. He'd find it. Yeah, he'd find it. Use his Facebook sources. Um, Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) So with the perspective books, what's usually happening is the three chapters from each person's perspective is happening simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. So that's why we need to pop in and see what Harathan's doing right now. So he had been in Elantris. He had given himself this poison potion thing to make it look like he was an Elantrian and then he was like I know I'm only going to be here for four days I'm going to sit here and pray to my god and then once I'm like quote-unquote cured I'm going to say that it was the power of my religion and I'm going to convert the whole town that was his strategy and so he's just basically gotten back he's been back for like a few days in the church and he had kind of lost a lot of authority in the church because he had this assistant Diloph who he thought was just a normal guy, but he's actually quite devious. And Diloph had turned the whole church against him. But now that Rathen has done this crazy miracle, the whole church is like, forget Diloph. We think this guy is the real deal now. Yeah, so he's he's feeling pretty good. I wrote in my summary for this chapter that Rathen woke up to that song, Michelle Obama. I think it's called <laughs> Bob. 
Do you know that song? What is that now? The one with like Michelle Obama, cursed so heavy, making Oprah dollars. Because <laughs> I imagine Michelle Obama wakes up to that song and just like feels great about herself. Oh my God. And so this is Carathens' version of waking up to the song about Karath and Obama. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> he so- probably is. Right? Like, he's just so happy. Harathan's been through a tough time, but in this chapter, he's like, it starts with Harathan was back in control, like a hero from the epics. He descended into the underworld and, like, came back a stronger man. Like, he's feeling real good about himself. Oh, my God. I had uh, this boss a couple years back, and he was, like, very, like, pro-Trump in 2016. Mm -hmm. And so after the election he comes into the office and he's just snapping because he's a business owner and he's like my tax rate's going to be 20 percent like i'm so excited and so then he and this guy had been sued many a times for employee abuse and being very discriminatory so what i'm going to say i'm not saying is correct but this is what had happened so then he goes through and he points to all of the white people and he's like trump and then they're like Trump and then he keeps going and then he gets to someone who is Mexican and he was gonna point to him and he said sorry man and then the Mexican employee said I voted for Trump too and then he was like Trump and then everyone was snapping so that's how I imagine Frathen is waking up <laughs> oh my goodness. It could be. I think he's on that level. Yeah, he's feeling good. He's feeling real good. Yeah. Um, and I mean this this chapter is so short, that is kind of the main summary. Um, but basically he's feeling so good because he's converted the whole town. Well, not really, but he oh well, no, he thinks he basically has converted the whole town and it's six weeks ahead of the schedule. So that's pretty good. And he outsmarted his little minion Diloff. So that's good. Mm-hmm. And all of his plans are working because Serene turned into an Elantrian at the exact right time. And he's like, good job, me. Yeah. So that's her happen. So what happens when she recovers from this poison and then everyone's like, we need to follow her now? Because What do you think? What do you think would be her Athens plan? One is just keeps poisoning her. <laughs> sneaking stuff into her, into her wine or something at night. I don't know. Yeah, he's like, I know you're really hungry. Here's a snack. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, gosh darn. <laughs> I don't know. It could be. I think Rathen thinks that he's going to be able to flip everybody in the next like four or five days because so many things have been like culminating and I think he thinks he's like really close to where even if she shows back up it's like it doesn't even matter or I think he's gonna send people in there and assassinate her whoa that's what I would think escalated quickly yeah well you know this book does escalate really quickly there's all of a sudden horrendous murder and then it goes back to normal yeah (laughs) it's very strange I think the first paragraph really summarizes a lot of what Harathan's been going through. Okay. So, I don't know. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Why don't you read it? Read it to me. I didn't think you have been. Okay, sure. 
All right. Harathan was back in control. Like a hero from the old sportish, sportish epics, he had descended mm -hmm. to the underworld, physically, mentally, and spiritually, and returned a stronger man. Delos' hold was broken. Only now could Harathan see that the chains Delos had used to bind him had been forged from Harathan's own envy and insecurity. He had felt threatened by Delos' passion, for he had felt his own faith inferior. Now, however, his resolve was firm, as it had been when he first arrived in Aralon. He would be the savior of his people. Yeah. Yeah, so that whole paragraph to me just kind of like sums up like where Harathan was to where he is now. And he realized that he had a lot of jealousy and insecurity, which we had talked about a lot um, as to how he had kind of gotten himself cornered. But now it kind of seems like he's having this sense of grandeur and that he's like unstoppable, which I'm like, that is kind of the opposite of insecurity, like too much pride now. I feel like he's kind of gone too far in the other direction. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I am going to save these people. And even if I have to kill a couple people to do it, they'll be saved. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a good old silent retreat to make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> okay i also thought in this in that paragraph especially we've seen a lot of jesus imagery with harathan along the way and i feel like there's some jesus imagery there but he's like really forcing himself like i am going to be your savior whether you like it or not and also i'm gonna do it through like illicit means like i'm gonna pretend to have so thought that was interesting yeah, so Harathan's like, I've got this in the bag. We're done here. And Delaf's like, let's keep preaching about how much we hate Elantris. He's like, I love that. And Harathan's like, we don't even need to do that anymore. That was plan B and we're done here. And Delaf's just like left holding the bag like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> and then at the end, Harathan says, it's over. He realized I actually did it. I converted the people without a bloody revolution. He wasn't finished yet, however. Arlon was his but one nation still remained Harathan had plans for Tiad. so now now you're seeing how he went from like insecure to where he just is like I'm gonna now take over the whole world <laughs> <laughs> and that is classic villain mistake number one you gotta really shore up like your first conquest before you stretch yourself too thin like Dr. Doofenshmirtz trying to take over the Tri-County area. Honestly, so yeah, it's too terrible. It would have been okay. But taking over the Tri-County, <laughs> that didn't work. It was too much. It's too much. I agree. And there were three towns that he was supposed to take over, and he destroyed one. <laughs> he thinks he's got one in the bag, and now he's going to go across the ocean and get the other one. Brandon Sanderson has read the greats, like Phineas and Ferb. I agree. <laughs> he knows these references so yeah. what do you think about Delof? is this the end of Delof? no no Delof's gonna he still has his whole army coming so my new theory on Delof is that Delof was part of the town that Harathan completely destroyed and Delof is like I need to give it back to him and so he's gonna destroy Harathan's plan um so I think he's not done with that yet I'm not sure what he's gonna do but He's got something. Don't count Delof out. Never. I agree with that. That's smart. What do you think about Delof? Think he's, he's going to take over? He's got a funny name. 
Does it remind yes. you of anything? Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> That's what I said. I said it sounds like doofus. <laughs> and Candy said it sounds like white pilaf. <laughs> I said that? Yeah. You said that. No, you did. Wow. I thought you said that. I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. But I said it. <laughs> Classic. Wow. How great. So, <laughs> I thought of you this weekend, Candy. Oh, and why? Because I had a very similar experience where I was at a friend's house. So I hadn't seen in a while. And I walk in and I was like, oh my gosh, you have this board game? I love that board game. It's such a fun game. And she was like, you got that for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then I walk over to her fridge and she has this magnet. And I was like, oh my gosh, an office magnet? That's hilarious. I love that you have that. And she goes, you got that for me too. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is a candy thing. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You like what you like. I know. I was like, you have great taste. It's not your fault that you have great taste. Yeah. So <laughs> I was sharing with her. So well, I think that's great. I love thanks. that. Thank you. I thought it was funny. <sighs> okay. I'm glad you're taking up after me. <laughs> Nothing I love me than a little more me. <laughs> that's all i had for that one page i actually have one more thing oh okay go for it um okay so the the very smallest detail but harathan also mentions that it's cold this night but not cold enough for one's breath to mist i don't know it it seems like it's a detail and it's going to be important so i'm calling it out Ooh, interesting. Summer is ending. Tax day is looming. Winter, yeah, winter is nigh. They're in the winter. Winter is coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is how our episodes get so long, Jordan. I mentioned details like it was cold outside. Yeah. Okay, so now we're chapter 40. Oh, what happened? Oh, I was saying, yeah, it could be an important detail. I think it, I think it has to really go in line with what you were talking about, where it's like when it we started, it was hot, the sun was high, the book is starting to dwindle towards the end, the sun is setting, the day is getting cold, you know, it'll probably yeah. rain at the end. Oh, of course. Rain is the universal symbol in books for fresh, a new like the Lion King. Oh yeah, it did rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have all the good. All open. right. Chapter 43. You ready? Chapter 43. Number three for tonight. Number three. Yep. About an hour. <laughs> okay. So this chapter is called East K, which means East. And let's see what happens here. Okay. So now this is Rayodin's perspective. Um, and he's seeing Elantris from a new angle, aka from a secret stairwell. Um, and he knows that something is up with Telvery because he can tell from his tower. Um, and he wants to ask Serene about it, but she's been kind of quiet about life on the outside since she's been in Elantris. Um, and Serene has just been reading about politics all day and is having the time of her life, hanging out with Rayodin and Galadin. 
And then they have a conversation at the end. Yes. Pretty big. So I didn't have anything until Rayodin's inner monologue about. Oh, okay. I had something on like the first page. (laughs) (laughs) So basically I've just been highlighting a lot of Rayodin. I've been tracking Rayodin and Serene and their relationship. And as it's been kind of blossoming that they've been together. Okay. So, um, basically Galadin is like, come on, buddy, let's go have like our guy time. And he's like, oh, but me and Serene, we're going to go like, look at books. And he's just like, and then Rayodin's like, what? And then, oh, come now, Rayodin said, I and Galadin, I'm not that bad. Galadin to Rayodin. Sewell, the only time in the last three days I've seen you two apart is when one of you had to go to the privy. She'd be here now if I hadn't snatched you when no one was looking. And I thought that was cute. So just like two <laughs> little buddy buddies. I thought that was cute too. Okay, if you were Rayodin, do you think you'd tell Serene who you are at this point? Like she's an Elantrian, she's in there with you. This is the most unbelievable part of this book. I'm like, I would tell, I'd be like, look, I'm the prince. We're both zombies. Let's have zombie babies. So- oh my God. Like this has never happened. <laughs> like a like a couple has become zombies together that's never happened oh i guess yeah i guess you're probably right you know what i'm saying like i know right how do people keep in these secrets so long i I'm i just don't know so why do you think rayodin's not telling serene who he is I don't know. Does he need to like get her build more trust with her first? Um, or maybe, I mean, through this chapter, a little bit of it seems like a test almost of like, oh, what's Serene like when she doesn't know it's me kind of thing, like trying to get to know her. Maybe yeah. not a test like that, but it kind of turns into a test because it goes terribly wrong. So how, how did how did Serene treat him when he first became an Elantrian? So he actually became an Elantrian before she got there. So from her perspective, he FaceTimed. They had only FaceTimed before then. And they had written letters. So, and they had a really good relationship then. And she seemed very nice and seemed like they got along great, but they've never actually been in person together. So when she got there, so what she just, did she know that he became an Elantrian or does she think he's dead? Yeah, they, they covered up the story by saying oh he died and so she thinks he's dead she doesn't know he's an elantris does he know that they covered up the story i think so yeah i think think he was around when they were covering it up or something yeah that's probably why he's himself is he's probably confused oh because if she thinks that he's dead and he was in on the plot right and now he's like well what do i do like she thinks i'm dead Mm, I see. But he so, could have some confusion. To to your point, he says a little bit that this is the only line that I got that kind of explained it. He said, I wouldn't want her to feel any obligation. Uh, like kind of stepping up and being like, I'm your husband now. <laughs> Surprise. Baby baby with me. Yeah. Like <laughs> how forward. Yeah, but I could also see like maybe some confusion too where 
you're like, I don't really, I feel so awkward about this. I don't know what to do with it. Maybe. That's true. Also, it's maybe one of those things where it's like they'd kind of interacted before when she was like volunteering in Elantris. And now he's like, it's kind of awkward for me to tell you now. (laughs) It's been so long. So I'm in this, (laughs) I'm in this club at work and it's like a club that, you know, you talk to the head honchos a lot and there's three of us and we are in charge of the club. And somehow I have become now like in leadership's mind, the only person in charge of the club and the other people are like my assistants. (laughs) And I'm like, I really need to correct this narrative because we're all co-owners of the club, you know, but it's now been like two months and I'm like, what do I do? Cause I keep trying to find like an opportunity, but I don't get to talk to these head honchos very often. So it was very awkward. So I finally just spoke to one of them. I was like, I need to call you. I was like, I have to get this out. This is like going on too long. Like you can't keep calling me like head of the club anymore. So I could see Ray Odin kind of being like, this has gone on too long. And Uh, I don't know how to get out of it. That's fair. It is an awkward thing to bring up. Have you ever lied like when you were dating someone or like made a little fib fib and then you ended up dating a long time and you've had to stick with the fib? This is for you too, Jordan. You know how long ago it was when I was dating? <laughs> a long time. Maybe there's something you've been keeping in for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, let it out on Bookalicious. We'll keep your secret. Until we publish this. <laughs> I don't want that person in the UK to find out. Yeah. <laughs> our most loyal listener and our favorite one. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship either. Yeah. Or just like a friend. I feel like in little ways, if someone calls me Christy, especially if it's an older person who like has trouble hearing, it's like, I can't correct you now. But then when I meet someone else who's younger and they're like, oh, Christy. And I say, no, Chrissy. And they're like, what? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like the name correction. Yeah, that's hard too. That's something. It's pretty minor, but. Yeah. Well, so Rayodin's just having the time of his life. He's like, I finally get to date and have fun. And be in my little zombie community. And it's great. He's having a good old time. He is. I have a few more lines for our game of cute or honestly, I think it's just cute. Okay. Go for so, it. Cute or um, cringe. Cute. Okay. Yeah. Cute or cringe. That was it. Okay. So it says that uh, Rayodin's just like looking at Serene. He's like, oh, she's so wonderful. And then he says, Rayodin was ready for a woman who wouldn't cower at the first sign of conflict. But the most beautiful were her eyes. Something like that. He's talking about like how strong she is and like courageous and confident. And then he says, but the most beautiful thing was her eyes, the way she studied everything with keen interest. Um, the intelligence was what Rayodin found most attractive about his Teo princess. So it's cute. so funny because I, I took that in an opposite way. What? I was like, San- I was like, Sanderson has some not good feelings about women what <laughs> what did you read, read it as okay so this was the the whole excerpt the truth was he really did enjoy his time with serene 
Her wry wit made him smile. Her intelligence intrigued him and her personality encouraged him. After 10 years, this is where, of dealing with women whose only apparent thought was how good they looked in their dress, a state of force obtuseness led by his own weak-willed stepmother, Rayodin was ready for a woman who wouldn't cower at the first sign of conflict, a woman such as he remembered his mother being before she died. I don't know. It just seems like he's always dogging on women and how they dress and them being very shallow. And everyone in the town is like that, except for Serene and now apparently Rayodin's mom. Yeah, you know, that's so. fair. That's a pretty much line. And it is kind of weird because Rayodin seems so like kind and understanding of people. And Serene has had those same thoughts about the women of like, oh, they don't do anything. But now we're hearing it from Rayodin and we're like, oh, what? Yeah, because at first I thought I was like, Serene's not a girl's girl, but now I'm thinking Brandon Sanderson's not a girl's girl. <laughs> it could be that. Or I I don't know. Or maybe have they been forced into this state of obtuseness because of their circumstances? Or like, this is how, what I got to do to survive over here. Yeah, because of Ray Odin and all of his people putting them in these stupid outfits, making them knit. It's possible. But Rayodin doesn't get that far in his thinking, so we'll never know. So I don't have anything until the very end. Um, I had, I mean, we kind of already talked about this in the last line, but there is a line where um, he's like, oh, I've been in Elantris for a year. And she's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And it kind of makes sense because he's been... Um, so successful as a leader in Elantris. So it appeared that he'd been there for longer than a year. Um, and it says that his own immediate success was nothing short of extraordinary. And I don't know, just reminding me again, he's such a good leader, but this isn't his purpose. So mm-hmm. I was doing that. Would you be mad when it finally comes out and you find out? Would you be like, why didn't you tell me? If I were serene? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would make me more confused. I'd be like, what? I don't know. I would need, I would need like a good like month to think about things. (laughs) (laughs) Chrissy would be like, I'm not going to abandon the town, but I do need to go back home and think about this for a month. (laughs) I hope all is well on tax day. I'll come back and see. (laughs) (laughs) What would you do? I would be annoyed. I'd be like, I liked you. Now I hate you. <laughs> Mr. Chance. <laughs> Mr. Chance. This isn't 10 things I hate about you. You're not Matthew McConaughey. You're a zombie. So <laughs> <laughs> you're out. So it ends, the chapter ends and they're in the library and Serene is reading all of these books and she's really into politics and she's shocked because all the history books are different than what she is used to reading from her own country. Mm. And she's like, this is crazy. And so she's talking about how the um, Harathan, the church that's trying to take over people, she said, I've never read anything that so soundly debunks Jordan's rhetoric and manipulation. And so basically... Um, she was saying something about the book, how it exposed Fajordal's political lies. 
And so she's just saying, she's like, this country's been doing all this like religious conquest, but looking at these history books that seem to be more accurate, it seems like they changed a lot of their historical text to make it fit their narrative today. And she's shocked by that. Interesting. The state manipulating things. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe it? I know. Unbelievable. When I was right mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, that is interesting. And they bring up a thing where it talks about, it's like this, what is it? An epic poem or something. Um, and it's about, it's called Warren the King and Warren is like their Pope kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And let's see, what does it say? I think it was something like they changed the God so that he sounded more like the Durethi God, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but it, oh, and they're using their God as Jada, but They've made Jadith into like something that he used to not be. And it says that he used to be um, a relatively unimportant God who cared for the rocks under the earth. Mm -hmm. And now they've kind of elevated him. They're like, oh, he's this big guy or whatever. And now, I don't know. They, like you said, they, they're changing like the poetry and stuff, magic mm -hmm. things. But I think it's significant that he's the God who cared for the rocks under the earth. I don't really know why, but Elantris has like this special stone. I think there's a connection there. There is definitely a connection there. And when we're done with the book, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> she read the cliff notes. <laughs> oh, that's the cliff notes. Um, the, so that, what you're tapping into there is something that is in Brandon Sanderson's broader like metaverse. Oh. And so- I can't tell you now, but we'll come back to it. <laughs> okay. All right, Jordan, write that down. You can be our recorder. So how many books are in this metaverse? 16. Oh, 17. wow. Are they all, how similar are they? Like, are they in the same world? Um. So worlds, no. Universe, yes. So each book each book has its own magic system its own rules its own people all this stuff and slowly like these perspective books how it starts and everyone's far apart and then they start intersecting as you get closer and closer you're starting to see a lot of the books starting to converge where some of your players from each book start jumping into other places and so yeah. there's little seemingly throwaway lines in every book because you can read every book independently you don't have to read all of them but there'll yeah. be little throwaway lines like that where it's not relevant unless you know like the broader story oh cool mm -hmm. does Diloph ever come up in any other book i will not say oh <gasps> he might that's a yes i need to read all 16 books to find out <laughs> just do a quick google search <laughs> command f also, this is his shortest book, apparently, mm. out of yes. the 16. So it's good we picked this one for our podcast. And this one came with 10,000 words of bonus content. Can you too. believe that? I know. 10,000 words of bonus content. He's writing away. Okay. He had one last zinger that he wrote away in this chapter. All right. You ready? Yep. So like we said before, Ray Odin wants to know what's going on in the outside world. He saw that Tellery had like an army around his 
mansion and he's like, whoa, something's going on. So he's finally um, approaching Serene about it. And he's like, hey, I know you've been kind of quiet, but would really love to know what's going on in the outside world. And she was like, okay, fine. You got me. So I'll tell you. And she says, I guess the most important part began when I dethroned King Aiden, which of course is why he hanged himself. The end. The end. <laughs> and Rayodin the prince sat down with a thump, his eyes wide. Oh my gosh. And then at that moment I wrote, there's the Serene we know. There she is. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> so that is our what third is. chapter. And I'm kind of thinking it's almost nine o'clock my time. Yeah. And the next one's a Serene chapter. So it's going to be real long it's gonna be lots of stuff in that one i never thought of it that way that that is why serene's chapters are so long is because (laughs) (laughs) she's she's a lady she's got some things to think about yeah that'd be interesting if in his other books the women's chapters are also considerably longer you know what and he does like another book and it has a couple different perspectives i think it's like five or six different people and one of them is a woman and she's kind of insufferable too (laughs) (laughs) and brandon sanderson he loves to write like a strong female and i just feel like he just doesn't really do like the best job with it other people say he does a great job but i'm like i don't know (laughs) okay so jordan now that you have been on this bookalicious pod mm-hmm. what are your closing thoughts what do you think i think you have been doing a great job of dissecting this book <laughs> trying to understand what's going to happen um the book seems like it has a very uh, interesting plot it's uh definitely a bit unique uh, I guess you need they're taking like different aspects of things like the whole you wake up and one day you're a witch right mm-hmm. kind of different aspects you know it's they're bringing in religious the church bringing in um like uh what is it like older not older um medieval medieval uh, yeah. yeah like medieval themes and kind of bringing it together mm-hmm. yeah it's a cool book if it is want, a cool book if you want to avoid actually reading it you can listen to our 30-hour podcast series Ooh. we'll catch you up <laughs> well i don't know because i a uh, live text message coming in from our other brother and he says that it's hard to follow our podcast without having read the book so it seems that you do need to read the book. You know that. <laughs> you know what that means, Candy. What? It means we're not going into enough detail. <laughs> well, if uh, Brandon Sanderson can give you ten thousand words of bonus content, <laughs> that's so Candy and Christina so I can give you a hundred thousand words of bonus content. Yes. Yes. <laughs> above and beyond above and beyond well this was fun super fun thanks for joining yeah 
joining our first guest. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Best yeah, we we asked our other brother to be a guest who's actually reading the book and listening to the podcast. And Jordan said, I'm going to fly into Texas and make sure that you are the first guest speaker. <laughs> I'm glad you are. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm glad I could offer up my hotspot to make sure that this night was successful. Oh, that's right. Chrissy, this we never did our intro. Should we should do it now. <laughs> Can we do it now and you just like put it in the front? That's a little complicated. <laughs> what if uh, let's I do an let's new recording? We gotta read all of that. No, let's do a goodbye and then you can do in post. You can add the bookalicious intro. Yeah, I can add I can add an extra. That sounds great. Well, thank you to Jordan's Hotspot for for sponsoring this episode. My Wi-Fi yes. that I pay so much for each month did not work. And so <laughs> this whole Zoom recording is on Jordan's Android. Yes. Thank you to Jordan who made this podcast possible by bringing his technology. And to viewers like you. <laughs> and to viewers like you. Please subscribe. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Bookalicious. If you like this discussion, please rate or subscribe to our channel to help other book lovers find this content as well. If you have any questions or suggestions for future books, we'd love to hear from you at bookalicious.pod at gmail.com. As always, thanks for joining our club.